Kia ora everyone, welcome to this episode of the Stag Raw. This episode is brought to you by our mates at Modern Pirate, 100% carbon neutral. Modern Pirate makes an amazing range of men's grooming products. If you're one of our Aussie audience, you've probably seen them in your quality barbershop. I've used the pomade and the matte clay paste, and the activated charcoal soap is the business. You can get 10% off every order by simply entering the code STAGROR, that's lowercase S-T-A-G-R-O-A-R, at checkout. Look good and support yet another quality New Zealand export, which the Aussies are sure to claim as their own. Check them out at modernpirate.com.au. That code again is STAGROR. Kia ora and welcome to episode 139. Wow. This episode I'm joined by Lucas Aaron. Absolute champ, I met Lucas through King and Smith's Real Movement Project, otherwise known as Range of Strength. We hear about Lucas's epic journey from rugby and ice hockey, he's Canadian, to powerlifter, to now this absolute legend that can do the splits whilst being so strong. And yeah, he just has an awesome story of always being better, always pushing the limits, always you know, not resting on your laurels, and I think he lives by a great uh, ethical code or moral code, and yeah, it was just really awesome to have him on board. Unfortunately, uh, the realities of of being a parent creep into this one. Um, My daughter wasn't quite sleeping well, so it was just a short one, but if you enjoyed what Lucas had to say, be sure to check him out on Instagram, send him a message, and get along following his own podcast, range of strength because what a quality dude, quality gentleman and um, absolutely very grateful that he gave us the time to to talk to this podcast. It was late at night over there in Canada and yeah, he um, pushed back his bedtime just for us. So yeah, great conversation, if only a brief one. I hope you enjoy it. Be sure to get in touch uh, with your thoughts. Cheers. Kia ora everyone. This is the second conversation I've had with somebody in Canada today. So there's a theme happening. Um, I'm speaking with <laughs> Lucas Aaron, a.k.a. Range of Strength. Mate, there's no weekends anymore because we're all in lockdown, but what have you been doing with yourself? Um, probably since the Real Movement Intensive, where, where I sort of got fully introduced to you, what have you been up to since that wrapped up a uh, week and a half ago? Um, kind of making do with the current state of the world and uh, working from home, so trying to find that new normal um, and, uh, you know, find, find a new habit for myself and the family. So yeah, getting, getting through the day to day, trying, trying to get my training in um, my other job with the military uh, that's gone fully online. And uh, we've been making our way back to work this week, trying to help um, one of the Navy ships get deployed out to sea. Mm-hmm. So we have to follow the new uh, distancing guidelines and test 250 members only three at a time. (laughs) So yeah, lots of, lots of new challenges, but uh, yeah. So mate, there's something I didn't fully know about you when you said the military, I heard it mentioned. Uh, What is your role with them, mate? Um, The fitness coordinator. Um, So we're on the Atlantic coast of Canada. Um, and yeah, our company runs, we're not military, but we are contracted to run the fitness program for the military. So Canada's 
kind of evolved into a bit of a different protocol for that. Um, we used to be, you know, ranked in under um, normal military regime, but now we're we're a company umbrella and hired in to come in and do all the fitness related things for them. Mm-hmm. Now, being a Commonwealth country, um, like in New Zealand here, we've got New Zealand Defence Force, is, mm-hmm. uh, we've got Army, uh, Air Force, which doesn't do much, um, and uh, Navy, and we've got a few frigates and stuff. How are you guys set up there in Canada, or do you adopt a bit more of a USA-type military model? Yeah, we have an Air Force, Navy, and Army, like ground force. So where I'm at, it's very Navy focused. So I'm on one of the coasts, the Atlantic mm-hmm. coast. So all pretty much the majority of the members I work with are Navy. And then on the other side of the water, we have like an air force base. So we kind of bounce around a little bit, but yeah, pretty much kind of the same structure as the U S. Mm, nice. Yeah. And so what's the evolution of fitness in the, your short exposure with military, like, when you think of seal fit, it's like long hours, resilient activities, deadlifting, being nuts. Um, yeah, you've got that background, mate, in powerlifting. Where do you? Yeah. Where do you try and niche yourself now? <laughs> yeah, it's I've I've gotten myself into more of a leadership role with the team, so I feel like um, I'm basically now just kind of using my own experience, 15 years in now, so I'm. I'm sharing a lot of that kind of train the trainer kind of approach, um, which definitely is good, but it also, you know, requires me to stay on my toes and, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk kind of thing, mm-hmm. make sure that I'm, I'm keeping myself up to date. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's when I first got in, it was kind of like frontline. You're, you're running all the, the troops through their uh, fitness classes and conducting evaluations. And now I'm kind of in, in that role where we're trying to kind of prosper the program and build something uh, uh, more specific to their needs. So it's, it's dynamic and it's always changing. It's one of those environments where you have to adopt, adopt all the time or adapt to uh, their, like the ever changing military. They're always changing. <laughs> and so yeah. like, obviously it's a, a big system. Mm-hmm. How much, how much wiggle room and, and how much research and backing do you need to have to bring something new to the table? quite a lot <laughs> yeah there's a lot of red tape right like you're you're now in in kind of the uh the mix of the government so yeah every time we try to you know do something new it's got to be approved by you know six different areas or sections and you know sectioned off in all these different ways so i guess that's kind of the the area where you have to get good at you know like trying to figure out how to kind of work the system to kind of get what you want mm. um you know and we've we've found ways to do that i would say in the last 10 years that i've been there we've really uh you know brought you know the military culture to more modernized training like if you walk into our gyms now you'll see you know everything's outfitted like a I guess like a box, like you would call Mm -hmm. it like more functional style, open training. Um, and there's still like a lot of old dogs that still like their machines and, and stuff like that. But, uh, no, we've, and we've been able to even get into the ships, like where I work with the Navy and and set things up for them on ship while they're away so that they're not clunking around a bunch of big wasteful equipment at sea, but rather they have like, you know, the functional space to move, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and kind of change the culture a little bit that way. Like, we have 
very much gone more towards the movement side of things. And, you know, I think they're happy like to be on board with those kind of things because you're very limited when you're in a, a small ship or posted to land, like in, in what you can do. So you have to be quite creative, right? Mm. Yeah. And, and I suppose that's what we're all learning right now with COVID-19 and isolation where you can't get to the gym. <laughs> and mate, yeah. um, your, your splits course that you ran us through, side splits that you ran us through in the intensive, I've, I've been chucking that out every three days. Um, yeah. And I'm surprised at all these little back muscles that I'm finding, even though I'm trying to stretch my adductors and, and activate my adductors <laughs> and, and glutes. Man, um, how powerful is it? Like, like what, what did you say about learning to stretch properly? Stretching properly is actually training. Stress, <laughs> yeah. strength training, yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of the big mind shift or, you know, that big, like, aha moment when you start getting into flexibility and mobility a little bit deeper is you start realizing that it's its own training protocol and it's, and you can relate it to a lot of the things we already know. And when you start doing that, you start realizing the bigger picture there, like there's so much to it. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess it's like, actually we did take a step back. It's glaringly obvious. Like when you watch the Olympics, the key, one of the marquee events of the Olympics is, gymnastics and all these guys are doing is these massive holds in extreme positions yeah and, they're, and they're, they may not be tall but they're humongous guys right like yeah how, how do you get muscle bound oh, well guess what do what they do <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 you're lengthening tissue you're holding those positions um for any given time and you're always challenging those positions you know as, as it gets easier to you know to move into something that's more advanced. So yeah, it's definitely a mindset shift when you start getting into that aspect of it, shifting it away from, you know, the, I guess the general mindset of, you know, just relax and, you know, stretch mm -hmm. a little bit at the end of your workout kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just b before we move forward, staying with the military, are you, you know, you said you guys are contractors. Do you have much sort of, influence from research and, and other entities assessing what you're doing and looking at your outcomes and stuff like that um is, is that a useful thing to be part of a system and that you can sort of prove or disprove your theories yeah we do have a research and development team um but the heavy focus in the military is evaluating trades that's mm -hmm. that's the big focus so any given trade that has you know any special kind of uh job requirements our research and development team is always trying to evaluate how we can evaluate those requirements um so yeah it's on the on the training side of it you know we we have that team that tells us you know this is the best way for you to implement training to units on a yearly annual basis quarterly basis they kind of leave that in our hands like you know we're hired on as people who are already capable to do that um, but then on, I guess on the deeper research side of it, it's always about just evaluating what's the job requirements, mm. how can we evaluate job requirements and, and that kind of thing. So it's a little more specific to job kind of focused movement, which is good and bad. Like if I assess you and I say, okay, this is all that's required for you to dig a ditch. <laughs> okay. That's, that's one thing of it. So I would say 
you kind of have to have that outside of the box thinking if you're going to offer a better service for them as well, right? So it'd be one thing to say, all you need to do is twist and, and move in this much plane. But if I just show you only that, I'm, I'm really <laughs> limiting you to so much movement. And, and really, I'm, it's all about that you're losing all that, I guess we would call range of strength because you're just moving in that one area and you're only strengthening. So it, there is that side of it that sometimes is a bit of a challenge where, yeah, we're, we always know, okay, we're always assessing what they're required to do, but there's so much more outside of that. You don't want to be, you know, pigeonholed into thinking that it's only yeah. that one way. Yeah, <laughs> It's like um, with the military, you're training the elite sport for, uh, like say job activities that's they, they try to do a job to the greatest of their ability and i had patrick davenport on yesterday and we we're talking about rowing and same thing you know you think about the rowing motion and it's all about you know as perfect as you can be through those those ranges of movement but really it's about when the balance is out with your with your crew members not working when the wind's going sideways and it's all those other movements and if you're not able to uncoil that tension or, or balance that tension in other places, then exactly like you said, you end up pinching hold and that's where injuries happen. So mm -hmm. um, when you're coaching your coaches, is it about sort of getting that frame of mind of building this complete, well, it is an athlete really, isn't it, for, for the job, yeah. athlete, but that complete yeah. and resilient human, is that where yeah. you're sort of imparting your experience and knowledge? Oh, yeah, for sure. So we, we have a tactical athlete program and that's really the encompassing aspect of that program is more of like a embodied system that has all of the elements in there. So, you know, not just looking at what's required, but looking at all the other things. It, I guess you would relate it to, you know, the thought of sports specific training being something that's good for an athlete. It's actually the opposite of that. It's, you know, your training and development should be, you know, you have your time where you practice, mm -hmm. you know, to get, to get stronger and better. You don't just keep practicing. It's like, you got to work on your, your flexibility. You got to work on your strength in these positions and, and have that structural balance in your body to perform. Right. So, um, yeah, you, you can get people excited by promoting something that's called a tactical athlete, but when you come into the training, it's very much like, okay, we're learning how to strength train properly. We're learning how to move through the fullest range of motion that we can we're, you know what i mean we're learning how to mitigate as many injuries as possible so you can make that stuff more exciting when you put good labels on it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's kind of i love it polishing turds eh it's about you yeah know, that's right doing, doing, doing the, the shit work <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very yeah. good so talk, talk us through your journey personally and then like you said you've been with that crew 10 15 years it was so easy like talk us through yeah well, I've, I've been your journey I've been, yeah i've been working as a coach now for 15 years 10 years has been with the military specific work um but i'm i got into uh this field of work just through kind of evolving into a bit of a gym rat um after high school i always played competitive sports had some injuries uh, specifically at the time when I really got in the gym was my ACL. I was a rugby player. Um, and I, th I feel like I was lucky to have, um, an orthopedic surgeon at the time who really worked with me to avoid surgery. So mm. it, that would have been, when would that have been 2002, 
2001 long time ago but <laughs> you know yeah that I, I feel like i was you know on the luckier side of things where he had me you know with a physical therapist in the weight room training like I find, you know, nowadays it's more like if you, you get that injury, it's like the next day you're operated on. There's mm-hmm. not a question about, you know, let's just get, get the operation done and move, move on kind of thing. You're kind of a second thought after that. So, that, uh, you know, at that time, um, I was in the weight room and, uh, I got stuck on, that was where I was all the time. I wasn't playing sports. So that kind of evolved into, you know, getting into competitively lifting and training in the gym, which got into powerlifting and, um, you know, started competing that way. And, um, that kind of took off into working in the field. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that was, you know, just 15 years ago, I started working as a coach along the way. So when you were on the intensive, uh, if you saw that first presentation I had about like kind of what happened to me, I, I did have uh, a bad bicep rupture um, in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was powerlifting to a point where I was competing at a national level. And, you know, obviously at that, you start getting to that point where you're trying to push the envelope a bit, see if you can go to the world stage. And you get really caught up in that, what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, any kind of interest you have in life, you know, you, it kind of starts taking over everything. Um, and then that injury happened. That was a big blow to, uh, I guess, you know, my identity because, mm. uh, I mean, maybe if someone like a cyclist was moving a box and tore their bicep, they might not have been as, uh, kind of messed up as I was, but I had, you know, become power lifter. Uh, I was a lot heavier at the time. I was, geez, 25 kilos heavier than I am right now. Yeah. Um, and at that, at that level and, you know, that composition, you're, you're really capable and really good at doing three things, squat, bench, and deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when that happened and all of a sudden I wasn't able to squat, bench, or deadlift, I mean, that was, that was a huge mindset shift for me, man. Um, I started recovering, started, uh, you know all right, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do some cardio. That's really all I can do. And all of a sudden, like my body's just fucked Mm. (laughs) joints. Everything was just a mess. And, you know, kind of hits you. Like I was so far gone that I hadn't even thought about the shape outside of what I was training for. Um, and then things kind of fell off for a while. I didn't train for, I didn't get in like at all for like a whole year. I I mean, at that time I was working for the military Mm-hmm. So maybe I was lucky in that sense that I was able to slip and, and continue to have a job because I think if I would have been a trainer on my own kind of in the grind, I probably wouldn't have been working because yeah, I really kind of slipped there for a year. Like I stopped training and you know, you lose that identity. I didn't have that identity anymore. I wasn't, you know, and I, and I couldn't figure out like where I wanted to go with things, but that was, you know, where things turned around and, uh, you know, lucky to be in the field of work I was doing and, you know, having to, you know, hike the socks up and figure out what direction I wanted to go with things. And that was when I started diving into a lot of different things and got really hooked on flexibility. I just, <laughs> you know, you start, I think you get hooked on things you weren't able to do and you realize you can do. 
Yeah. You know, and that's when you really, you, you start realizing like, Oh shit, like I'm not going to, there's potential for me not to be that guy that says, Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I've, I've never been flexible. I can't do that. <laughs> um, and then yeah, maybe that's the competitive mindset that, you know, got me to really push hard and flexibility training and go for the splits and go, you know, start you making those connections again. I'm a big targets. Like I need, I need that target to work towards when I work yeah. towards something. Yeah. And I, maybe that's why I, I fell off so bad after powerlifting. Cause I didn't, you know, like I didn't have a big reason to go train hard, you know, like I didn't have, and then it was all of a sudden, you know, maybe wanting to say, okay, I, I can do the splits. A lot of people are saying, no, you're laughing at me. You can't do yeah. the splits. You're the, you're the powerlifter. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> can't do splits. There's no way you can do that. You know? So it's, yeah, you know, it's, I think that's in all of us, you know, when we, we get competitive, that competitive nature with ourselves and we find those targets or, you know, we want to prove ourselves that we're capable of more, you know, find those, you know, I mean, there's so much more that I still want to do, right. That I know I'm not very good at, but yeah, that was kind of how that got to where I am now sitting yeah. here with you talking, you know, range of strength. Um, you know, that's kind of been going hard with that last couple of years now, like reached that point where, holy shit, who's this flexible guy? <laughs> oh shit. He was a power lifter. Oh man. He was, you know what I mean? Like all these things, he wasn't yeah. that flexible guy his whole life. Like how'd that happen? So that's kind of like, you know, the direction things have been going. And I think the last year it's been about now it's more about those taking a back track of how all these things occurred and presenting it to guys like you and, yeah. and, guys and, and girls in the real movement community and saying this is how this all happened and this is what i believe is a, is a, a good path from what i've learned along that way and what's you know what i know now right yeah that's the key thing in it what i know now and yeah that's that's like the huge humility that we get from you lucas is that this is what i know now here's here's who i've been here's you know here's where i've, I've what my journey's been through that no matter what your journey is, you can too, if you really want to, uh, I think you, yeah, absolutely. you put, in, put in the work, you, you achieve that big target. If you put in the work every time. Yeah. And if yeah, you'll, get, you'll get close to it and, and work, work through those ranges of movement. It's, it's bloody awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And that the range sprint this month, I think, you know, you being in the community this month and seeing everyone jump on that, like it hasn't, it's not like that sprint was there to say, you're going to get the splits in a month, but it was there to say, you have a lot of potential that you don't know about. Mm. And this is going to change that behavior, change that mindset. And that's really what's happening is, you know, we're looking at the day one, day 30 results now because it's ending this week. And there's nothing like crazy drastic. Some people have, some people I think were already close to certain milestones mm -hmm. and this kind of helped push them a little harder. But some people, you know, you look uh, day one to where they are now and they just they believe it their mm. positions look really nice they're feeling really good and they're like wow this is this is not what i thought this isn't yoga no this is <laughs> i was just strength. about to, i was just about to say that even for myself so what is it? it's been two weeks of, of me doing that so that's probably four sessions yeah i've probably had four sessions of the splits and like you said there, this is not yoga. There's been a lot of the yoga that I've done. There's been horse stance. And I don't, re don't really know too much of side splits, but all of a sudden I 
and, and you hear it talked about a lot is you know engage your glutes and you think you're doing it and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden i was in that wide stance position and it must have been the horse stance where you see grip the floor and all of a sudden i found the grip through the front of my shins and then my hamstring through my glutes up my lower back and i was like this is a this is a new feeling and <laughs> and then and then like you said about arching your back and getting that straighter feeling and the hips going wider again i'm like holy cow and again you're saying about stories you know someone that had a had a cam impingement and, and um a labral tear and again there's like lots of conjecture around is that meaningful or not I think for me, there was an injury and it brought that about. My range of motion was horrific. I tried for three years to do yoga, do um, piriformis stretching, you know, strengthen that hip. But, but eventually I went down the surgery route and it definitely made a difference. And mm-hmm. it's now allowed me to get in positions. But I know in myself that I need to work on the strength and, and the biomechanics of those positions. Like to all of a sudden have those little um, nuggets of knowledge and ways to do things differently, I think is, is powerful. Where, where did you, who was your sort of nugget person that, that gave you a little bit of a knowledge when you started looking at this, you know, different way of being from being the power of the guy to maybe I can be more mobile. Maybe, maybe yeah. these three movements aren't who I am. Maybe that's the story I don't need to identify with. I can be something else. <laughs> Yeah, like so around that time, I started getting back like hard into training. Um, gymnastic bodies was becoming this very Chris popularized. Summer. Yeah, Chris yeah. Summers started releasing gymnastic body stuff, and it was at that time it was uh, it really blew up. I think for for guys like me and and even uh, Jeffrey Wolf, the flexible, like that's how me and him mm. actually met. We kind of both came into that at the same time and uh started learning some of those principles and applying some of those things and and for me even when i started there i didn't buy into the flexibility fully um but i I bought into the weighted mobility weighted range work Mm -hmm. and that really encompassed my strength training um and i think that was what i needed i needed to find something to relate to and i'm such a i'll always be a strength training junkie i'm always hooked on you know getting stronger like that's always been my my thing that i'm always into so i started doing the weighted mobility work um and then i yeah that's kind of when that buy-in started happening i was like oh shit there's there's a lot of i'm getting more flexible i'm getting more range just from doing some of these new movements through a fuller range of motion with weight like applying strength right like and then that's kind of that that mindset started shifting and i started going a little harder into it i started doing the flexibility work through gymnastic bodies um started researching guys like kit laughlin emmett lewis um thomas kurz thomas kurz is like he's kind of now, now that you, i think of it and i found him and i've studied his stuff is i think i'd say he's the godfather of flexibility you know he's <laughs> he's got his book out there first edition stretching scientifically and if you go through it man it's still got a lot of really good current things that you know you could relate to like frc um What's like FRC, all of these frc is like another training system that has really kind of brought mobility training and range training to the forefront more like end range kind of stuff are they the guys that have those measurement tools 
No, they just, no, there's just mobility. Um, like Hunter fitness. He's, uh, if you see, look him up, he's like one of the leaders for their, for their stuff. Like he was when they first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're big on like getting into like end range positions and, uh, and trying to get strong and, and move different in these, uh, I guess, positions you would call them like, um, less specific to what traditionally we would see, but yeah, that's, you know, started getting that buy-in. Um, I would say, yeah, Thomas Kerr's and, uh, Emmett Lewis's influence was kind of where you know, that brought me to the next level and, uh, started learning how to really stretch. Mm-hmm. Like start I, realizing I've never, ever stretched before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're getting in a position, you know, you're holding for an, a, an actual duration, of, you know, 90 seconds, two minutes, upwards of three minutes and realizing, holy shit, like I've, I've never stretched before in my life. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, that's when things started happening and I started, you know, finding those targets, putting the time in and, uh, seeing that change. And and that really, that was over the course of like three years for me. So I think, uh, realistically, if you look at where I came from, that's not too bad. That was three years of ups and downs and trials and tribulations and learning, you know, from power lifter to splits, you know, that was, I think, I look back, it doesn't feel like it was three years because there was so much growing and learning going mm-hmm. on during that, that time. And I, I would probably say a year and a half in, I didn't really start buying into like knowing that I could get the splits and like really pushing hard for it. So I think, you know, a lot of those milestones more frequently get thrown around is like 18 months to two years, but you know, it's all dependent on your body, your background, where you come from, that kind of thing. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how that, that little trail of influences kind of took me to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of learn, you learn your own way. Um, interestingly, like when it comes to things like horse dance, I never used horse dance very much, but it's, it is very much everyone's go-to introductory movements for the splits. Um, I use it more now than I ever have. Um, but I think I gained a lot of hip strength through my powerlifting years that I never really connected with until later on in the journey. Mm. Um, actually, with, more so when uh, Keegan and Jeffrey and I started like talking a lot more about my old background and stuff. And looking back at some old training videos, it's like sumo deadlifting and wide stance powerlifting squatting is basically like horse mm. dance overload all mm. the time. Mm. So yeah, interesting perspectives where you can see like where I came from and, and, you know, then now looking at if I'm going to be helping others, what's the best approach for this and, you know, seeing how that's strength is primary when you start getting in these big positions. Yeah. And I suppose when you think about those compounded movements in powerlifting, the level of recruitment (laughs) through that rear chain, like it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. how you can contract such a big weight upwards. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and, and pull, and pull and push all at the same time. Like, um, yeah, that must be a cool thing that is intuitive to you. And it's really fascinating that you've only sort of come around to that three years into your journey that, hey, uh, 
completely different way of doing things, but those were some things that I was doing. Yeah. 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 As you kind of start connecting the dots a little bit and seeing where certain movements are very important um, yeah. and certain strengths. You're right. So. Yeah. Um, with like um, Coach Summer and gymnastics bodies, what was it like as a community? You said you met a couple of guys, Jeffrey, Hemet, like, what was gymnastics bodies like as a system and have you looked back at it much now and where it is now? Uh, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I know things kind of went, you know, a little separate after a certain point there. There was like, it was about two years in and uh, a, a lot of, it, they did have a thriving community like over the two years that I was like involved in it. Um, I made a lot of connections like in Denver, there was awakened gymnastics. I went there for some training, um, spent, spent some time there. Um, and I think just, I think the direction that the gymnastic bodies ended up coach summer wanted to go with things was just, I think opposite to what the community itself at the time had envisioned on where things were going. So I think now I haven't really looked into it, but I know it's like, uh, it's called gym fit or something. Okay. Right. And it's like, uh, you get like workouts prescribed or something like that. But <laughs> like when it was, when, yeah, when it was originally presented, I mean, it was pretty cool. Like coach summer just kind of presented, you know, a lot of just like a lot of really cool material that you're able to study. And, yeah. and we would, yeah, we would, a lot of us would just study and talk about it. So it was kind of cool. Almost similar to what our real movements got right now. It's like, a bunch of material that we can study and chat about yeah. as a community and kind of thrive off of. So, um, yeah, it was a really cool experience at that time to really be involved. So many people from so many different areas coming in and trying to, we, we have all these other backgrounds, try to understand the gymnastics or that kind of side of it and relate it to where we come from or like how we can, you, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. you know, having that generalist approach with things. Um, which is very cool. Like it's, it, you know, I still carry that kind of experience with me moving forward. Like, yeah. So you think, was it the curse of Tim Ferriss? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Things maybe, yeah, the things blew up, man. Things got really big and um, I think visions just changed and I think uh, they're still doing really well, but I know a lot of the communities dropped off that I, like I still talk to some of the guys that, you know, we're involved at the time. Um, but it's cool to see us all grow too. Everyone's doing a lot of the same stuff, like some gymnastics stuff still, but experimenting with different things. Like even seeing Jeff now he's with ATG and he's big into strength training and he's doing all this great, all these great things with everything he's learned. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to watch people evolve like that. Yeah. And so then how did your connection develop with Keegan real movement? Um, the guys at ATG, yeah. Just a moment. <laughs> What's she doing? Walking and talking, basically. Is she upset or no? Not really upset. She's keeping herself. She cries. Oh, oh. I'm going to go outside. She'll be okay. Right. <laughs> She's not asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, mine probably aren't either. I'm just in the basement hiding. <laughs> oh, what, what was I saying? There? Yeah, how? What was your connection with 
ATG and, and Keegan and how did that come about? Um, I, that was really, uh, it really stayed, was evolved through Jeff, uh, mm -hmm. Jeffrey Wolf there, Flexible. So him and I have, you know, developed a strong relationship. We're, we chat every day about training and um, I guess just keep each other accountable to, you know, just life, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like we, he was, got in with ATG um, along the way as that it was evolving. Me and him always were chatting about that. Um, my social media presence kind of died off around the time that gymnastic bodies um, had started changing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went, started refocusing things in the military side of the world and kind of went back into trying to, you know, take everything that I learned that way. And um, yeah, about a year's time after that, uh, I started kind of coming back in, I had been talking to Jeff uh, and I was like, let's, yo man, let's do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like we did the first episode of the range of strength podcast and it was just Jeff and I is chat and shop about flexibility training. And, um, that got a lot, a pretty good buzz. And, uh, that kind of led towards Keegan, you know, like with what I was doing at the time, um, about a year ago, I started really getting hard back into strength training with everything that I had learned from the flexibility work, gymnastics and all that stuff. And then I was, I've been doing more of a mix of training and then uh, Jeff was like, yo, you should be, you should check out key. And he's doing a lot of the same stuff you're doing. And it seems like you guys would uh, really kind of uh, connect really well together. So I jumped on real movement. Um, I saw what he was doing that way with the whole coaching mentorship. And I was like, this would be a great opportunity to kind of reignite my social media presence and the direction I want to go with that kind of stuff. And he, uh, locked on for a second podcast episode of range of strength. And then we ended up chatting twice as long as the podcast episode afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> just about life and training and everything. And, um, so yeah, that, that led to where we are now where I'm, I've been helping out with, uh, course content, you know, getting members set up and, um, kind of driving that energy in the right direction that we were kind of vibing off of. So, yeah. So what do you think the value of having a worldwide connectedness of coaches? Like obviously you had that with a little bit with gymnastics bodies and, and now again, a different, but similar idea of yeah. worldwide well, it's, connection. Well, it's so cool because it's, it's what real movement is really uh, focusing on. And that I think, you know, gymnastic bodies, but so many other communities have that and don't realize it like, mm -hmm. or have had it and maybe didn't realize that that was like something they had. It's like all these people buzzing off of all these, you know, all these coaches, you know, all these just, you know, want all that information. We want to chat to each other. And if you look at like the, the events that coaches go to for training, I mean, 95% of the time or 95% of the time when I go to these things, it is more so just to meet other coaches, mm -hmm. network chat shop. And, uh, you know, for the most part, you're always excited to learn something new, but you're there to learn something new and meet all these other people. And that's, I think what real movement is really capitalizing on is bringing coaches together, bringing these people together, knowing that we all have our backgrounds and experiences that we can all share and learn from, and we can use each other to basically move in the right direction and keep each other accountable. So it's, yeah, I think it's, 
it's, it's what we always wanted or always missed when we lost those connections. And now it's like right there. And that's, it's really clear what it is. It's like, this mm. is what it is. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to see it evolve in the last year. Yeah. And do you think, you know, yeah, everyone's trying to find silver linings to being in social isolation. Do you think that that sort of forced push to really develop something online that's worldwide and accessible has been great for you guys. Oh yeah. That's the, I guess the twist to it too, is like with the whole, everything that happens, you know, it is like, you know, really unfortunate in a lot of ways, but for the most part is like, this is no better time than now to have this community for yeah. everyone. And, you know, you're seeing it, you know, in the last two months, all, all these coaches and members coming in, that, you know, are trying to find ways to pull that energy back up um, keep their training going hard, keep learning, keep bettering themselves because yeah, when, when this does hopefully clear over, I think real movement's going to be a leading factor into why all these, everyone had success during that time. Mm-hmm. So they get into the podcast and, and it was sort of the same in the intensive where there was those short hour breaks to get the opportunity to talk to what you're passionate about. You know, and what do they say? There's a, a million podcasts out there now, literally. But what do you sort of think that podcasting and and talking out in long form your ideas, and, and even for for example, getting past yourself and presenting on an idea? What what do you think is important about that, and how does it help you grow and and learn and expand on your ideas? Well, I think yeah, an idea is just an idea in your mind. Mm. So you start talking about it, right? Mm. So that's, I think, one of, the, one of the great things that, you know, Keegan does in Real Movement is he gets you talking about what you want, talking about your worthy ideal, what your vision is. And, uh, yeah, podcasting is, like, such a great way to do that. And that's, you know, for me, I took a year off social media before last year, like, just trying to rethink my approach with everything and what way I wanted to go and podcast was the first step was like what better way to you know get back into it and bring that energy back in and to just talk about it (laughs) (laughs) and when you talk about it it becomes more real becomes something you're doing and something you know that's you know those affirmations they they mean so much every day like you can't just it's just a thought until you start talking about it and taking action and and talking about it is taking action. That's what podcasting, putting yourself in front of people and just saying, this is who I am. This is what I have been through. This is what I can do. I'm interested to learn more about you. Like that's, you know, such a, such a big, I don't know, tool for growth. Yeah. So, I mean, how long have you been doing stag roar now? Yeah. So three years and it was was funny, the guy, that I was speaking to this morning from Canada. Um, this is the second time he's done a first episode and with, with me, but um, it was really bizarre to look back on 137 episodes and go 138 now. Um, wow. This is a journey and it, it definitely does shape who you are. Like he was trying to probe with who I am now. And it's like, man, this, it's so bizarre that what I've articulated, what I've had a discussion about, how it's changed my thought, my outlook, the things that I do every day. Mm-hmm. And, and 
you know, when I first came across Keegan, I was also following Elliot Hulse. And one of the things he says is, what are you brainwashing yourself with? And Keegan is definitely something that I brainwashed myself with. And now learning about you, you know, and, and Ben Patrick and, and Jeff Wolf, you know, like there's some really good things to brainwash yourself with, checking the stories and seeing guys doing these un- outrageous things, whether that be, you know, um, front lunge with their body weight over their shoulders or or um, doing the side splits, front splits, you know, and then the awesome thing about your page is scroll down not very far and see this um, different, completely different shaped human who could lift massive things. But like you say, you go lift a box and blow your, blow your pick out and, and that's the, <laughs> that's the identity and the career over. Like, yeah, man, what, what, what a cool thing. And I think looking at story and seeing how fluid story is, is, is a, is a massive thing like do you think it was like you said you had the job still but do you think like a career ending um injury did you a favor like for me with my concussion in rugby it was kind of a wake-up call that maybe this is time to get out of this and and yeah i played another year in australia in a not very good competition and it was kind of like man i should have should have made off one year ago do you think that it's something that's career ending or you know you might have been able to come back, but never the same. Um, career ending meant that, hey, well, I've got a fresh start now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it takes a while for us to realize that too when those things happen. You know, it's like I, I, can, I can think back now to just like yesterday, like to the mindset and the state that I was in when I was like down on myself and, mm. you know, thinking that that was just, I was going to just be that guy that said I did that thing that one time and can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Right. Like, Oh, when I was younger, I used to do that. When I was younger, I used to do that. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, that's when growth happens when we're confronted with uh, those situations in life that we, uh, we we don't know how to deal with and and we got to figure out a way to keep going. We got to figure out a way to keep pushing the rock uphill. Mm. um yeah so yeah i definitely feel like um that was a wake-up call for sure and you know like there there were times and i I look back i I have nothing against powerlifting i love powerlifting like that's i think that just the whole journey in powerlifting made me just such a better strength coach like a a good strength coach always should have some background in strength sports and Mm. you know because you learn you learn how to get strong and you, you learn the competitive nature of it. But yeah, I think back now and even to, you know, some of the guys I know that live still live and breathe that. And it's like, it's one way of living, you know, like <laughs> you miss out on a lot of other things. And I got three, three kids now and they're, they're busy beaten and I got to keep up with them. And, you know, that's one way you can limit yourself too is in, you know, the, the, uh, I guess the the things we choose to do. So, yeah, I think that, you know, definitely was, it happened all at the right time for me to figure out what direction I should have been taking or what direction I need to go to just that long-term longevity, mm. you know, father figure kind of role that I think I just picture myself being in. I want to move well. I want to, you know, I want to be moving with my kids when I'm 80, my grandkids, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, those are the goals and the things that become important to us as we, as we get older. 
sometimes we need a wake up call to realize that, right? Sometimes you get that like a blindfold on you sometimes and you're like, Oh shit. Like, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you, you know, looking back on it, you said about, you could have become that guy that said, I used to do this when I was younger. Um, what do you think it was about your personality or influences or something that said, now I'm going to be a new thing. I'm going to continue to be, you said it there. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep growing. What do you think about your mindset? You probably had that the same with rugby, like being, being a rugby player and then your knees go and you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to, and you found something obviously, but yeah. what do you think it's about your experiences or, or the way you look at life, that sort of things that just because something's ended or potentially ended and there's a massive wall in the road doesn't mean the end. It doesn't mean that that's the story that you go on telling. I used to, I used to, you, you continue to be. Yeah. I, I think there's this grit there. Um, you know, I think you develop that through playing sports. I yeah. think sports play that role on you. I played competitive ice hockey as well. So that, that ended too, when I blew my knee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I grew up playing sports. Um, there's some tough shit that happened. You know, my father passed away when I was 10. Gee, um, yeah. so, you know, so certain things like that did develop, I think a certain type of grit in us as humans. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of the fire in me sometimes, you know, when I've been presented those situations is okay, find the next thing. Um, like what else are you doing if you aren't learning something new? Mm-hmm. You know, what else are you doing if you're, you know, sitting there feeling sorry for yourself? And I've done that. I've sat there and felt sorry for myself and I probably will do that again <laughs> at some point in my life, you know, it's bound to happen, you know, life's crazy like that, but, you know, everything that we do now or that we have done, I think in the physical world or physical culture side of things, I think that's why it's so important is because it does teach us to be tough. Uh, it teaches us to get through those tough times. And, you know, I don't know if you watched Bud Jeffrey's presentation at the Real Movement Intensive. Just caught the end of it, yeah. Uh, that's really, like, he, he hit that out of the park. Um, like what strength training and, you know, physical culture has done for him. Um, it's just allowed him to, to handle tough things in life and get through um, a lot of tough times. And yeah, it's that grit. I think that's why, you know, sports training, you know, learning the physical culture is like so important for us as humans. Cause it does teach us, especially during today's modern world, right? Like, and I, I looked at what you're doing too with the hunting side of things. And that's like, I'm really, I think in the last couple of years, really hoping to grasp some experience in that side of life because I just haven't had that experience. I really want that experience. I feel like it's a very human experience that I haven't experienced, like I haven't had a chance to do yet or learn. Um, but yeah, I think it's the grit, man, <laughs> developing that grit. How much of that culture is out on the east coast of Canada, the, the hunting culture? Isn't it big, it's big in BC? It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, well, yeah, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Like, it's um, like you can imagine where I am. It's very, like, kind of, I wouldn't say the sticks, but yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's the sticks. <laughs> it's, is Manitoba yeah. in Saskatchewan? Um, Manitoba. 
not in Saskatchewan. I'm in Nova Scotia. You're in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like far East coast by Newfoundland and yeah. Prince Edward Island, places like that. But yeah, like I have a lot of uh, like friends I grew up with where like that was a part of their culture and it just never really was like mom raised me and my brother on her own pretty much. Mm. So she, she wasn't out teaching us how to hunt. <laughs> you know, she was, God love her. She probably could have though, for sure. I'm sure she could have if she wanted to, but yeah. Um, I've been on a few hunting trips, but like we've never like, that wasn't something I've really experienced enough or, or, you know, yeah, it's, it's a powerful thing, man. Yeah. Connection with, with food and, and, you know, being, being close to it. And yeah, I think Keegan's right. It's kind of become a really important thing again. Um, and it's, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mate. Um, I, I think I've just heard her calling out. So I, I better, wrap this up unfortunately this has been cool really really fun and yeah it's awesome to learn more about you and and um so if people want to learn more and follow more and then get dive into it where where, where should people go yeah i mean i'm mainly plugging into the instagram range of strength so at yeah. range of strength on instagram is my big uh, social media polling and then real movement Check out yeah. real movement. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you leave us with? What's something that doesn't do you wrong? Always be a generalist. You know, yeah. I think, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta not uh, pigeonhole yourself into one way of thinking. You can learn something from everybody, whether it be cashier at the grocery store or, you know, any, anyone like just always be a generalist and, and keep an open mindset wherever you are or whatever you're doing. I love it, man. That's what this yeah. podcast is about. So it's awesome to finish that off that, you know, examples of, of life less ordinary and, and taking what you will out of it. That's, that's cool, man. Cheers. Thanks a lot for having me on, man. Thank you. I'll just press stop. <laughs> Always be a generalist. How about that, eh? Speaking exactly to the podcasts, life less ordinary, learning, being open-minded and uh, taking what you, you can giving back what you can to this world and this human experience and yeah really fantastic stuff it was a bit of a bummer there that, that uh, it was cut short because we were starting to get on a roll i reckon um, might have to do a round two or hopefully it can feature on the flip side with lucas and um, talk about you know the various things that i've explored in terms of strength range from being very limited uh, in swimming and soccer to getting injuries and things like that and, and opening myself up to a more dynamic and, and versatile version of strength uh, going for those uh, centenarian olympics getting up off the ground without pushing off you know all these all these silly things these less ordinary things um make sure you check out the modern pirate link get 10 percent off your order when you go and order some quality hair product or, or soap um, check out the stagger or caps again the links in the show notes and of course the podcast is brought to you by waikito w-a-i-k-e-t-0.p-a-u-p-i-t-n-o-w.com that's for exogenous ketones and the keto reboot keto crema keto mct keto protein um, yeah it's all there very valuable product that one if you're looking at a ketogenic lifestyle or assisting with 
a ketogenic lifestyle. Lots of great products on that website from Bruvit, W-A-I-K-E-T-0.P-R-U-V-I-T-N-O-W.com. Make sure you reach out to Lucas and, and uh, give him a, a, a direct message. Let him know that you really enjoyed what he's talking about. Uh, be sure to flick him some questions. He's a wealth of knowledge and he's a massive help. He's a great dude, Lucas, and so stoked that we were able to get him on and share him with this audience. Um, yeah, why not start doing the splits, handstands, juggling, all those really, you know, cool and out-of-the-box techniques that just open up your mind to massive possibilities, rewire the brain, rewire your, your passion, your drive, your direction, and uh, help with being that robust person that's ready for everything, um, not just pigeonholed. Massive lessons come out of that chat, and um, so thankful for Lucas. So, yeah, have a good one, and we'll be back on the next episode of The Stag Raw. Cheers.